Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Okay, we are live. We are live. Well, welcome back. Happy New Year. Oh, we forgot to test our mic. Do you think we're okay? We're uh, okay. Yeah, I can see it working. Okay. Yes, we yes. haven't done this for a long time, so I forgot all about how to get this set up. Yeah, I think it was November, wasn't it? It was yes. the, like the week before Thanksgiving. So yes. a lot has happened since then. A lot has happened. So yes, where do we start? What do we start with today? Well, we could start with a wonderful Christmas Eve that we had at our church. Oh, you know, yeah. It's very, very exciting. We had over a thousand people at the uh, at church itself. And uh, when you include the online numbers, it was like 1,100. So it was a great, great uh, Christmas Eve for us. Um, and then now we have started up our church activities for the year. So yes. we got the women's retreat coming up in about, what, seven days or something? Ten oh, days? I hope it's more than seven days. Twelve days, I guess it yeah, is. Yeah, so yeah, that's not days. much. Twelve okay. days mm-hmm. till the women's retreat on the 27th on a Saturday. You can still sign up. Um, today is the final day, we say. We yes. say it's the final day to sign up. So I'm going to keep saying that. But I will let you sneak in afterwards. Oh, you're sneaky. I know. Yes. But we, we have good. I think we'll I think we'll end up probably with 75 people or something at Great. the retreat. Should be Great. good. Mm-hmm. Something that's, like that. That's fantastic. Good. Um, Great to see the kids over the holiday break. Yes. You know, it was wonderful. They... Uh, they were all home, so I got what I wanted for Christmas. Had my whole family together. It was I great. Know. And not only that, but they spoiled me rotten. They got me some ostrich skin cowboy boots. <laughs> so I just love it, man. I they're know. awesome. They are pretty nice. They're very, very nice. Yeah, yes. I'm still breaking them in. Yes. But they're very nice. Well, you can at least wear them. They got me um, pickleball rackets and a very cute little uh, tennis type skirt for pickleball, mm-hmm. but it's way too cold for that. Well, you can wear it anyway if you want. No, <laughs> it's literally today in Texas. What is it? It's 20 degrees. And it's 20 yeah. degrees. The office is actually closed. Eric's yeah. usually off on Mondays anyways, but the church, you just decided to close it, correct? Yeah, the, the streets are icy and it's dangerous, too dangerous to be out there driving around. So we uh, we just closed down the church. And, and it's also no school today because of Martin, Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King, King Day. Day. So mm-hmm. everybody's home. The kids are still sleeping. We're awake. Um yeah, and of course, we extended a letter of call yesterday, so that was very exciting. Oh, yeah, exciting. very exciting. Yep, very We're going to have a new pastor, hopefully. Yeah, so we extended the letter of call to Pastor Rob Weber, and then he now has two weeks to decide, um, two weeks to think about it, pray about it, and then get back to us. Yes. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, very confident yes. that the answer will be yes. Mm-hmm. Good. So. Yeah, we had a nice weekend with them. Uh, we got to go out to dinner with he and his wife on Saturday night, and then he preached all morning Sunday at the three services, and then we had a Q and A with him, and then uh, the congregation voted to call him. Yeah, yeah. So it's been good. It's been busy. Yep. Been a very busy start to the year, but it's been good. So if he does come, they will overlap, he and Mariola some? Yes. So depending on when he comes, which is still an unknown, uh-huh. uh, but uh, but if and when he comes, then he and Mariola would overlap for, you know, a month or two until she retires. Okay. And that should give enough time for uh, for Pastor Barquist to show the new person, mm-hmm. you know, here's who, here's who our shut-ins are and here's how we visit them and here's the rotation. And just kind of get used to the system as it exists. Right. So that he can take that over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. Yep, so good stuff. Good stuff. And we are in Crossways. We are in Chapter 40, Unit 45, which is hard to believe because this is three quarters of the way through. It's a 60-unit study, so we are now in Unit 45. Oh, wow, we're almost done. three quarters of the way through. We've come a very long way. 
Uh, and we are in Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew part two. Matthew so part two. Last time, all the way back before Thanksgiving, was Matthew part one. Uh-huh. And one of the big points that Harry Wendt, the author of Crossways, makes is that, you know, there's four Gospels, each tell a story in a different way. And Matthew tells the story really from a Jewish perspective. Yes. And so, you know, right off the bat, I think it's five times in two chapters, Matthew says that all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophets. Mm-hmm. So Matthew is very, very eager uh, to anchor the story of Jesus in the story of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Matthew begins his uh, gospel with the genealogy, uh, tying Jesus to uh, to David, to the son of David. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's very, very eager to do that. And as a matter of fact, Matthew even structures his, uh, his gospel in a five-book format, which a lot of scholars see as an echo or a reflection of the five books of Moses. Okay. So that's what we looked at last time was, you know, was how, um, how, the, uh, how Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew is a very Jewish Jesus, you know, that he, uh, he's very much anchored in, uh, in the history of Israel. Okay. Uh, even to the point where he goes up on a mountain and he gives the law to his people. And that kind of brings us into where we are today. Uh, so just you mean as, on the Sermon on the Mount? The Sermon on the Mount. Okay. Right? All right. Just as Moses went up on the mountain and gave uh, the law to the people. Got it. To God's people. So too, Jesus goes up on the mountain and he gives uh, gives the law or reinterprets yeah, the law for his people. Mm-hmm. And we don't find this in the others. You know, there's, uh, I mean, you're studying this in the women's, um, Re- women of the word. Right. There is a shorter version in Luke. Right. right. But it's it's much shorter. Yeah, it's remember. like 30 vo- verses versus yeah. three Three chapters, chapters, three right. full chapters in, in Matthew. Yeah, so this is a, this is a really big deal uh, for Matthew, and time and time again. Now, of course, chime in because you know you're you're studying this in more depth and detail than I am. But time and time again, Jesus will say something like, "You have heard it said, mm-hmm. but I say to you." Right. Uh, and and the the first you have heard it said is something that God says. So you have heard it said, you know, you shall not murder. Well, who said that? God said it. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Right. You know, you have heard it said, but I say to you. That if you even look upon your brother with anger in your heart, you have already committed murder. Right. Uh, it, it's an astonishing teaching. You know, Jesus says it's not simply the the action, but it's also the motivation, the thoughts behind the action. The imagination of the action is itself sinful. But it also begs the question, well, who in the world is Jesus to say that? Mm-hmm. I mean, because God said the first thing. So who is Jesus to come along and claim to have the authority to say, well, what you know, what God really meant was this. Right. And so it's it's an implicit claim Jesus makes to be God. Uh, and then we see that claim amplified uh, elsewhere as, as we work our way through the Gospel of Matthew. And so, you know, fairly soon after that, there's that famous story of the healing of the uh, the paralytic man, mm-hmm. uh, where Jesus says, take heart, sons, your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees rightly complain, well, who does this man think he is? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus says, yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right, bingo, but so that you might know. Right. That I have authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to the man, you know, get up and walk, and get away he and goes. Walk. Okay. And so there's these these claims that Jesus makes throughout the Gospel of Matthew uh, to be none other than God, not simply a teacher, not a rabbi, not a prophet, uh, but to be God in the flesh. Which, of course, is how Matthew begins his Gospel. Uh, you know, he is Emmanuel, God with us. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, you want to say anything about the Sermon on the Mount, or should well, I move no, on I mean, from there? No, that's fine. It's just not only is the point of that when he says, "You have heard it said, but I say to you," yes, of course, I guess he's claiming to be God there, but also he's just making it even more apparent that we can't fulfill the law on our own. I mean, he yeah. makes it even harder. Like, you know, he, you've heard it said, you know, don't murder. Well, you can't even be angry, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's basically saying the whole Sermon on the Mount is basically saying that. 
only through him can we attain salvation because we can't do even the bare minimum of the law, but he makes, he ratchets it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it even ends, as I remember, you know, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Yeah. It doesn't end there, but that's actually kind of the thesis statement of the oh, whole okay. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's... Uh, exactly. And, and, and so Jesus uh, raises the empire impossibly high. Mm-hmm. The goal of which is not to drive people to despair. Right. I mean, that, right. That, no. That, that was Martin Luther's story, is that Martin Luther... Um, became a monk because he, you know, at that time, yep. the high middle ages, these were called articles of um, councils of perfection. Mm. And the idea was that, you know, for the, the average Joe on the street, there's no way you could do all these, but if you did well enough, God will let you in. Got it. Um, but if you were a monk or a nun, you know, you could apply your whole life to living these and, and then certain people actually couldn't live a perfect life. Mm. And that's what Martin Luther that's set out dangerous. to do. And it, it drove him to despair. Yes. <laughs> until he realized that, okay, well, you know, that Jesus isn't raising the bar to drive me to despair. He's raising the bar to show me that there's no way to salvation except through me. And exactly. that was really the gospel revelation, the, the epiphany. Right. The, the eureka moment, as Rob said last night. Right. Uh, the eureka moment that, that opened up the gospel to um, Martin Luther in a whole new way. Mm. So, Interesting. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because there's that line like "Be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." Mm-hmm. So that's hard to interpret. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, who can be perfect? Exactly. Him, or none of us. Exactly. So, uh, so Jesus in the, the Gospel of Matthew is is very much a law giving Jesus. You know, yes. kind of in, in the model of Moses. Um, and and one thing that Jesus uh, says again, this is actually from the Gospel of John. But one thing that Jesus says is. You know, love one another as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus himself not only gives the law, but then Jesus models how we are to live out that law in daily life. Love one another as I have loved you, Jesus says. Okay. Um, and then that leads us to something which is unique to the Gospel of Matthew. So this is in Matthew chapter 25. It's the famous um, story, not really a parable, but it's a story or a figure of the separation of the sheep and the goats. Oh, yeah, yeah, you talked yeah. quite a bit and, about this. And it's unique to the Gospel of, of Matthew. Um, and it, it really kind of drives both these points home, uh, both the sense of the law that to um, that we need we need to love as we need to love others as Jesus has loved us. Okay. Uh, and that there's an implicit claim here from Jesus uh, to be the lawgiver and the God. Uh, and so Jesus begins, and this is embarrassing, I forgot my Bible. But, I've got um, it right here. Okay. Okay, the sheep and the goats. Yeah, you want to read the first, uh, just 25, the first few verse, verses of that parable there? Of this one? Yep. Yeah, okay. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Yeah, so we'll pause right there. Okay. And there's that implicit claim, right? So Jesus is saying, well, listen, you know, when the Son of Man comes, which is Jesus' favorite designation for himself, mm-hmm. and remember that the Son of Man is a figure from Daniel chapter 7. Mm-hmm. Daniel says, And I saw one like a Son of Man come into the presence of God, and to him was given power and authority uh, to rule you know, kingdoms right. and dominions. And Jesus claims to be that guy. And not only that, but he claims that at the end, you know, the dead will be raised, all will stand before Jesus, mm-hmm. and that Jesus will separate people, Jesus will judge people. Yeah. Um, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and Jesus will say to those who are blessed, you know, inherit the kingdom, and to those who are damned, go away. Okay. And again, it's an acclaim. Well, who is Jesus? Right? You know, exactly. Uh, who, who has who has authority to to judge souls? Who has authority to 
um, to let into heaven or to send to hell except God himself. Okay. And so here's another one of those claims that Jesus makes to be God, mm. not just a teacher, but God. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the goats. He says, yes. come you that are inherited or something. Yes. So, oh, you want me to keep going? Mm-hmm. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Should I keep going? Yeah, keep on going to the end of that little... Okay. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, that's, that's sort of the, the moral of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that, you know, not, not only does Jesus command us love as I have loved you, but then here we also have this revelation, excuse me, <coughs> that to love others is to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. That insofar as we love our neighbor, we are loving God. Yeah. Uh, and so Jesus is the first person uh, to really connect these. You know, the, okay. uh, there, there were the commandments. You, know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But these were not only, not only were they from different books of the Bible, but they were held as different commandments. Okay. And Jesus really unites them and says, no, you know, to love your neighbor is to love God. And as he did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Okay. Um, and if you love me, then you'll love them. Right. Uh, so, so Jesus, um, Jesus connects these two commandments that, that to, to live out God's law is to love. Okay. Uh, to love our neighbor and that by loving our neighbor, we love God. Hmm. But it's also important to recognize that our love doesn't uh, merit our way into heaven. And so Jesus begins by saying to the sheep first, come, right? Uh, Come and come inherit. um, uh, Come you that are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from before creation. Right. Right. So he says, you know, he invites them in, come. And he says that you are blessed by my father and that my father prepared this for you from before you were born, before the world itself began, God prepared this, uh, and that you inherit it. Well, you know, you don't merit it. It's given to you okay. upon the death of someone else, namely on the, upon, the, upon the death of Jesus. Okay. So it's only by grace that God's people are saved. Right? It's only by grace mm-hmm. uh, through what Jesus has done. But uh, people are nonetheless commended for how they have lived, for what they have done. Okay. So that, that's an important distinction, mm-hmm. right? That, that, yeah, we are judged based on what we have done. Absolutely. Um, but that's that's not what gets us into heaven or into hell. I mean, okay. Those are two different things. Yeah, I think in the class you said like the wicked are cursed not for what they have not done. Yeah. Not for what they did. Yeah, and right? that's, yeah. Let's take a look at that one next. So he he turns okay. to the goats and he says. He says. So, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. did I see that? Wait, wait, wait. Then we will, whoops, did I totally leave the page? Yep, I did. Okay, here we go. Um, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? 
He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Yes, thanks. Uh, and so again, here we hear that ratcheting up of the law. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, not, it's not enough to simply uh, keep the letter of the law, but you also have to keep the spirit. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't um, judge them for what they for what they have done, but rather for what they have not done. Have not they, done. They have not done the right things, right? Mm. So maybe they didn't kill anyone, but they certainly were angry with people. You know, oh, that, okay. that kind of that thing. Kind of thing. <clears throat> but notice too that even though, you know, we're all judged for how we have lived, uh, but but notice too what, what he says that you know depart in, um, uh, depart from me mm-hmm. uh, into the eternal fires prepared for the devil and his angels, and so they're not prepared for the for people. God never intends, never wants, never desires anyone to go to hell. I mean, that's the whole reason the Father sent His Son was to save us from hell. Exactly. You know, Jesus descended from hell in, into hell to save us from it. Mm-hmm. So He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. Uh, that's prepared for the devil and for His angels, not for not for us. Okay. Um, but some people will go there. Yeah, um, by their own choosing, basically. By their own choosing. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's kind Interesting. of Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So that's there's another, good. another, uh, a couple of you know claims there to kind of to kind of. Um, summarize it to kind of wrap it up that you know jesus uh matthew presents jesus as a very um uh, a very jewish jesus so to speak yep. you know very much in the, the model in the mold uh, of a law giver mm-hmm. uh, but more than that not only does he give the law like moses did before him but he himself has authority to interpret the law and to judge people according to it right uh and who has that authority but but god himself so um in the way Matthew presents him, he's the majestic king, you know, the majestic king and lawgiver. That he is, he is the one, and all nations, all uh, all powers, all authorities will bow before him. Okay, so. interesting. Well, I yeah. guess I mean we could wrap it up just by saying that's kind of the the whole. Well, I don't know if it's a Lutheran distinction, but I mean, um, basically, what you're saying is we're saved just by our grace, not by what we have done or not mm-hmm. done. But then that's where the works piece comes in, right? After that, yeah, and so that's that's one of the key insights to the the Protestant Reformation, especially right. Luther's Reformation, is that he really separated salvation from sanctification. Right. So, for example, our Catholic brothers and sisters would not do that. Right. But he separated salvation from sanctification. So we are saved only by grace and by grace alone. Yeah. Only by God's grace are we saved. But sanctification is a different thing. That having been saved mm-hmm. by, the, by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, then God expects us to, you know, start to live according to His life. That's called sanctification. Right. Uh, and so, you know, we we, uh, we can be saved and still immature in our faith, but, uh, but God it. wants us to be not only saved but mature in our faith, right? Uh, to to live as He wants us to live. Yes, very good. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's good stuff. What are so we doing this coming week? Matthew, and then assuming I can fly out of town, which is still to be determined. <laughs> He's supposed to be going to Florida today. Yeah. Lucky him. Uh, assuming I can fly out of town, then we're going to look to uh, Luke. So I'll spend two weeks on the Gospel of Luke. Well, even if you don't, I mean, whether well, you're will. there or not, right. we're going to. The rest of us are going right. to be looking at Luke. Right. So okay. Two weeks on Luke. Okay, I think, and if Mark's teaching it, I think he asked them to read like Luke six through eight or something. Uh, you know what? I've got that written down right here. Let me take a look. Luke would. Uh, yes, Mark would like them to read Luke chapters six, seven, and eight. <laughs> Look at that. I listen in class. You do listen to me, don't you? Sometimes. Okay, very good. Okay, well, until then, we will talk to you later. Talk to you later.